Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 11. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal, Season 11. First and foremost, a big thank you to everyone who reached out following last week's episode, The Ritual. It certainly divided opinion amongst most of our listeners. And whilst polarising content is something we don't tend to do on this show, it is interesting to see people's different takes on one person's experience. We had comments ranging from absolutely terrifying right through to this was not scary at all. And that for me sums up the show. It's an open forum. It's your show. If something terrifies you, it terrifies you. If something doesn't, then it doesn't. And by all means, we should be discussing these things out in the open. Because my job as curator and reteller of these true paranormal experiences is to try and make them as terrifying as possible. You may recall I often talk about why the show was formed in the first place, and that was solely to discuss the darker side of the paranormal. I want these experiences to stay with you throughout the remainder of your week before the next episode. So today, we're going to take a look at what happens when the gift or curse of a psychic ability is passed through a family. And next week, we have possibly the most terrifying experience I've ever received. Direct from an ex-Catholic priest. But before we reach today's true paranormal experience, we of course need to say a huge thank you to our newest members over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also receive exclusive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a show which runs each and every week, even on the downtime between seasons meaning you never have to miss your paranormal fix. And there are well over 70 hours worth of Patreon-only content for you to binge. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon. And we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just to you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. 
just like these wonderful new team members have. Andrea Ricorte, Tony Gianutolo, Michelle Tomes, JJ Lenz, Adelene, Avidi Patel, AJ, Lauren Carraway, Darren Field, Sandra, Dominique Kuypers, Shakespeare Warbringer, William Torres, Trisha Bailey, Letitia Martinez, Mel Dingwall, Christine and Dante Belafonte, Jarissa Brown, Katie Watt, Megan Malcolm, Autumn Wilbanks, Jess, Kimberly Barker, Sophia Engzel, Rachel Broderick, Nate Hall, Nicole Louise, Mary Masoner, Helen Wade, Alan Yushud, Teresa Youssef and Mary Taylor. Thank you so much, guys. Your support means the world, and I hope you enjoy all that early ad-free content and, of course, those weekly Dark Bite episodes. So, if you'd like to join the team, head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. But right now, it's time to lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and, of course, leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about hereditary hauntings. I've had paranormal experiences for as long as I can remember. I'll do my best to recount all that's happened, but as I've just had my 35th birthday, you can appreciate there is a lot to recall, and I'll do my best to piece together as much as I can remember. I think the best place to start with my paranormal experiences actually comes before my own existence. A strange thing to say but I come from parents who are both spiritually aware, and I do think it's important to set the scene of the event that happened before I was born. My mum left home when she was 17, running into the arms of her first love, who turned out to be an abusive alcoholic. I've read over the years that sometimes the negative energy you encounter through abuse can feed the energy of negative spirits and draw them to you. By the time she was 30, she'd left her then marital home with my older brother and sister and came back to my grandparents' home, carrying just a few black carrier bags of clothes and eventually she met my dad. I think the story starts here for me. My mum and dad had bought a little house that was just big enough for the four of them But before long, my brother came along. The first baby they shared together, even though Dad loves the other siblings as if they were his own. I remember my mum telling me about the spooky experiences she had at that home when they shared it together. My mum would tell me about how, when they would take a shower in that house, they would occasionally see some kind of black shadow behind the shower curtain and when they would slide that shower curtain open there would be what looked like handprints smeared across the glass cabinets from the steam almost as if they were left by someone involved in a struggle at other times they'd experience strange smells like rotting meat and just generally feel uneasy in that house Sometimes they would hear voices below, like a loud party was going on late into the night, and they'd experience feelings like someone was following them from room to room. Mum told me once, when my brother was still a baby, she had a basket of washing to hang out on the line. My brother was still small at the time, so Mum carefully placed him on the sofa, cushions propping him up. 
he would be fine for a few minutes playing with his toys whilst my mum hung out the washing. Mum secured my brother, then opened the sliding doors, which were made from a heavy set wood, and she left the door slightly ajar so that if my brother started to cry, she could hear him. Mum then took those steps towards the end of the garden and started to hang out the washing, when she heard a slam and immediately knew it was the slam of the heavy wooden doors. They were so heavy, it was even a struggle for her to open and close them. This was during the daytime, and my elder brother and sister were at school, and my dad was at work. My brother was far too young to even crawl, let alone push those heavy doors. Mum threw the washing down that had been in her hands and ran to the doors. Locked. She'd been locked out of the house. My brother then started crying, probably because of the loudness of the slamming doors, or was he aware of whatever slammed the door? Frantically, my mum ran around the house looking for any open window, but she knew there would be none, as she hadn't opened any windows downstairs that day. She ran into the road outside of the house like a madwoman, throwing her arms into the air and trying to stop any car that passed. After a minute of shouting and waving, a builder's truck stopped. And, thankfully, the driver let her explain what happened. By some miracle, he had ladders on the back of the van. And they were able to use these ladders to squeeze through a small upstairs window and to get my mum back to my brother. She was terrified by that experience. It really left her shaken. But thankfully, my brother wasn't hurt in any way. It's just scary to think that whatever had the power to close those doors could potentially have done anything to my vulnerable baby brother. When my brother was three, my twin sister and I were born. And by that time, mum and dad had moved into a newer and slightly bigger home, which was a newly built home. From a really young age, I can remember being in my cot at the side of the bed and seeing strange flashing lights at night, going around my parents' bedroom. When I tell this to my parents, they recall a time I had a fever, and they joke it could have been the Calpol taking effect. They've always said I would have been too small to have memories back then, but I'd have the strangest visions, things jumping around, and to my mind as an adult even now, I can't quite explain what I saw. But these nightly shows were something quite strange, and I'd sit watching, intrigued, before finally going back to sleep. As I grew up and while I was still young... I'd remember my brother sharing stories of past lives, being a fireman and using long hoses to take water from the trenches, to being a fighter in the war. My mum would tell me that he'd look through old encyclopedias with her and point out looms and vehicles to my mum and explain what they were long before he was old enough to read or write but he knew exactly what they were and what they were used for. Over the years, these stories stopped and eventually 
he asked people to stop talking about it because, as a grown-up, he simply couldn't remember doing that. I can't remember exactly the age I was when I started to have spooky things happen at home, other than those weird dancing lights as a baby. I can tell you that I've never been a great sleeper, and I remember from a young age often being awake during the night. When I was young, I'd have the most vivid dreams about floating around the house in a bubble, and sometimes I would wake up somewhere else in the house, with no memory of how I got there. But as I got older, I began seeing the ghost of a young girl walking around the house. She wore a bonnet and old-fashioned clothing, always in white. For a few years whilst we were young, my eldest half-brother and half-sister still lived at home. I shared a room with my twin sister and my older brother, the same brother who recalled his past lives. When you opened the bedroom door, it would be immediately in front of the bathroom. In one of those times when I couldn't sleep, I opened the door to get my mum, I think, to ask for some water. When I opened the door, that girl was standing in front of me, in the bathroom across the landing, her head down, but her long hair to her shoulders covered in a bonnet. She had her old-fashioned puffy dress on, which looked dirty, worn, really tattered, and no feet. She just floated above the floor. I would see her and she would slowly make her way towards me. And I would scream and slam the door behind me, running back to bed as fast as I could. This happened quite a few times. Eventually, I think I stopped opening the door at night because I was so scared of seeing her. I never really understood what she wanted either. She was just really terrifying to me. As I grew older and my half-brother and half-sister moved out, the three of us kids left at home would spread out, getting our own rooms, with mum and dad staying in the master bedroom. I remember once, for whatever silly reason, we made a makeshift Ouija board in my twin sister's room, with some crudely cut-out letters on paper and a drinking glass. We'd done it during the day, and the glass had started to move. But being young kids, we had no idea about the danger of these boards. I remember we also didn't have a hello or goodbye, and we wouldn't have known how to sign off or set intentions for the board or anything like that. We were just young kids. So as soon as it started to move... I remember we simply got rid of the letters as fast as we could, and we hid the glass away. But I always look back at that and wonder if we somehow opened a portal in that house. Over the years that followed, I'd have more experiences, some much more terrifying than others. Sometimes the girl would come back, I'd awake to her stood at the side of my bed, pointing and simply saying, 
there's bugs in your bed. And I'd look down for a moment and see my body lying on what looked like soil, with bugs and worms crawling all around me, before I'd jump up in fright and slowly the images of both the bugs and the girl disappeared. Sometimes I'd wake and hear children cry with laughter and say, whoopsie, as if they realised they'd woken me up. I'd then hear their giggling slowly fading away. Then, as I got older, this energy seemed to get more sinister. I'd start to awake in the middle of the night to a feeling of pressure on my chest and throat. It felt like someone was kneeling on my chest, right at the base of my throat, with a crushing weight. I would awake to the feeling of sinking down into my mattress and throw my arms up to try and fight this thing as best I could, although I couldn't see a thing. As I felt like I just couldn't take any more, the pressure, my breathing becoming more and more of a struggle, it would go, and I'd be left fighting for breath, trying to understand what just happened. Unfortunately, this happened a lot. Like something enjoyed watching me struggle to breathe over the course of three to four years, I took to sleeping with the lights on. I would sometimes wake up feeling like I was floating and something slammed me back down to bed. But it always happened so fast, I would wonder if it was just a dream. Sleep for me as a child got so bad that I would constantly have black rings under my eyes. And I remember my mum debating whether to even take me to see a doctor. I never felt able to tell her about the nighttime visitors I had or my fights with things I just couldn't see. Over the years, these experiences seemed to slow down. But I always remember this sense of being chased, like something wanted me to run back to my bedroom or was running behind me. I also felt like something would want to push me down the wooden stairs of our home. It was just really unsettling. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. 
So head over to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My brother, who still lived at home, eventually got a girlfriend. And one day my dad would recount hearing singing upstairs from a girl. Shut up, Alice, Dad would shout, guessing my brother had come home with her and he'd not realised. He was an engineer, you see, and would often tinker around in the garage that was joined to the house, fixing components for machines, music amplifiers and the like, and in doing so would often get caught up in what he was doing, so often missed people coming and going from the home. The singing continued. For goodness sake, Alice, I'm trying to concentrate down here, he shouted. Then he heard running across the landing upstairs, with hands passing across the wooden banister, as the giggling continued. Right, my dad said to himself as he put down his tools. That's enough now. You've got to go outside. He burst out through the door, but there was no one there. He realised he was by himself, all alone, in the house. My mum also had a lot of strange things happen in that house. I was much older when she'd tell me this, but apparently she'd often hear footsteps in the night, creeping around her bed. One night she woke up to the sight of a figure. This figure was huge, easily over seven foot tall, and it stood with the body of a human, but the head of a dog. The way she described it, it sounded a bit like Anubis, the ancient Egyptian god that would carry the souls to the final resting place. It had some kind of material covering around its waist as she described it. It had its back to my mum and she recalled to me that she felt had it turned around that it would have been there to collect her soul. But that he seemed to stand almost on watch with a long pointed stick in his right hand just stood at the foot of her bed. She would sit there in bed, petrified, just praying for it not to turn around. Another time, she recalled seeing a black mass with wide, white eyes and some sort of strange yellow beak which would visit and make strange sounds. 
she used to say the only way she could describe it was like a giant Furby. Just no real way to explain it in real life. Like this was not a creature of this earth. Both my mother and father would recall having out-of-body experiences in that house. One time, my mum said she felt herself leave her body. She had been exhausted. If I remember correctly, us young kids had been poorly, and she hadn't slept properly for days. She was so tired, and she didn't know how she'd continue. As she left her body... All the tiredness seemed to melt away as she felt herself going upwards towards the light of the landing. As she drifted closer, she started spinning around and around. As she went into the light, she woke up in her body. Not totally rested, but not tired like before. The next night it happened again, and my mum tells me that since that day... She's never been that tired again. I recall that as we got older, my mum invited me to visit a spiritualist church with her. At that time, I hadn't had too many experiences, at least for a couple of years. But it was around this time I got quite into meditation. And I decided to see if I could beckon this entity that I still felt followed me around the house and it was causing me to feel like I needed to run. I just didn't want to be afraid anymore. So after a time of meditating, it came to me. It was a black figure, and it could have had what would have been described as a pointed black hood. It seemed angry I'd found it. I told it that my family walk in the light that it had no place here and it was not welcome here. It needed to go back to where it came from, but it didn't move. I repeated that it needed to go back and that we didn't fear it. And reluctantly, after some time of a mental standoff, it seemed to disappear. After that day, the air seemed clearer and I no longer felt something following me around. As I got older, I met my partner, who I went on to marry. But before we had our own home together, we would have sleepovers at our parents' house, as people in their early 20s and still living at home often do. I can recall a few times at his house where strange things would happen. I remember, for example once seeing a shadow man. I'd been tossing and turning for what felt like a couple of hours and resided myself to not getting much sleep that night. I lay awake looking around the room when I saw it. I say I saw a shadow man, but this thing did not much resemble a person nor a man or anything particularly human. It was skinny with extremely long arms, and on each of its fingers seemed extremely long and sharp nails. It emerged from the shadows, and it started to slowly dance around the room. It was almost like a ballerina, 
It was one of the strangest things I'd ever witnessed in my life. Whilst it was dancing, it suddenly stopped and twisted its head in my direction. It was like the lines between its world and mine were blurred. And although I felt it didn't mean to cause me any harm, despite its extremely long and threatening nails, it's like I wasn't meant to be there. Or at least I wasn't meant to see it. And it just stared at me for what felt like a really long time although in reality it was probably just a minute and all time seemed to stand still. Then as fast as it came, it shot off through the wall. I was unsettled the rest of the night trying to piece together exactly what I saw. Another time, I heard my partner's brother come back home from the night shift. As a light sleeper, this woke me up but I was annoyed to be kept awake to the sound of guns and things being blown up. I knew that my partner and his brother loved war-type games on the console, and I figured he was still awake from the night shift and was using the game to wind down. This must have been going on between 3 and 5 a.m., and eventually I got up. I angrily packed my bag and set off for home, only to find I couldn't find a front door key, and I was confronted by my partner's mother, who asked me what the matter was. I explained I'd been awake the last couple of hours due to the sound of guns and bangs, and I assumed it was that bloody game they were playing. But as I had work the next day, I would now be spending the day grumpy and tired, and I asked her where the key was so I could leave. Only she didn't pass me a key. She went instead to the brother's bedroom. And he was in bed. And adamant he hadn't been playing on the console. And that after doing a long night shift in a factory working on machine parts, he was exhausted and was just trying to sleep. I mean, what he was saying did make sense. But then what had I been hearing for the last few hours? Although we get along okay these days, things have never been quite right between us since that day. I think they reckon I'm totally mad, to be honest. There were also times at the house where my partner would sleep talk. He said he would sometimes awake to the sight of a figure staring at him from the corner of the room with glowing red eyes. He often had night terrors, One time, setting up a sleep recorder, I recorded him rambling in his sleep about the devil. It's probably worth me mentioning that my partner's family home, the one we were staying at, was situated on the ground near an old shelling factory. There'd been an accident there once, killing thousands of workers. So whether there was some energy there some souls who hadn't been laid to rest, well, I really couldn't say. As I've gotten older, I've had less experiences with the paranormal. There are some events I've left out of my story, but I will say that when I was 15, I went through a particularly bad, depressive time and had planned out my suicide. But I had a very strange experience 
with what I describe as a celestial being, which physically grounded me and held me back from acting out what I'd planned to do. And ultimately, it's the actions of this thing, call it my guardian angel or whatever you may, that ultimately saved my life and has led me to be here today, able to recount my stories for you. Since getting married, I now have a little boy who is four and has seemingly began to talk about his past lives. Most recently, we were reading a book about birds from the library. This particular bird caught his interest, and in the description, it was described as the Nankeen night heron. He turns and asks me, Mum, where does this bird live? I read the description from the book, which tells me it lives in Australia. He says, No, Mummy, there's a night heron that lives in South Africa. It's got orange eyes. He goes on to say, My grandson, in olden times, well, he used to check if they were okay. It was his job. But he spoke a different English back then to me now. He says that to mean a different language. And sure enough, I'm looking on Google, and there is a type of night heron native to South Africa with orange eyes. He's also recalled he lived in a really large house, but not with parents. He stayed with his grandmother and sister. And he says I was there, but I wasn't his mummy back then. We've been walking down the road and past a caravan, and he said he used to have one of those in olden times when he was all grown up. He often speaks about grandfather and that grandfather would have liked that, even though in this life he doesn't have anyone here that goes by the name grandfather. Only a grandpa on my husband's side and a granddad on my side for his grandparents. So when he recalls grandfather, it's always very formal and very strange. But things are getting darker. In the home where we now live, which we moved to when my son turned two, my son has experienced visitations from a man. A man he describes as the snarl. When he first started to describe him to me, he would say that this thing came from the wardrobe and would growl at him. So, to be honest, I wasn't sure what we were dealing with. An angry person or something more sinister, more demonic. My son has never been a great sleeper, but would wake screaming and running to me in the night, begging me not to return him to his bed. This went on for some time, and after a while of trying everything, new bedding, a new bed, new decor in his room, nothing seemed to work. And so I decided to try something different and get him some crystals. Having tried all logical earthly things I could think of, it felt like I needed to try the spiritual route. I went to a shop and a lady gave me a bag of stones 
mainly for protection and strength. She also suggested that my son may have just inherited my dad's night terrors, which he did still get from time to time. That's if I wanted to take a rational and scientific approach. But in truth, I didn't care what approach was taken. I just wanted my son to sleep at night. The stone seemed to do something, and for about a week, we had no events. Then suddenly, one night, my son woke up screaming. I ran to him, and he was sitting up in bed, wide-eyed, pointing to that bag of rocks which I tied to his bed, along with a dream catcher that his niece had made him to try and take away these bad dreams. I asked him what was wrong, and he pointed at the rocks, saying, Mum, get them out, get them out of this room now. I tried to reason with him. It's okay, son. I went to see a nice lady, and she said the rocks would help you and the snarl. But he was inconsolable. Get them out, he continued to scream. And so I did. And with that, he went back to sleep soundly the rest of the night. The next morning, I asked my son to draw him, the snarl. And he drew a man in red pen with an angry red face. I went back to the shop to ask the lady what to do next. Bag of rocks in hand and the drawing of the snarl. As I got to the counter, there was a man sitting beside her. You're going to think I'm nuts. I'm so sorry. I started to explain, tears in my eyes. I just don't know what else to do. I regaled having seen the lady a couple of weeks ago and being sold the rocks. I explained what happened the night before. Then the man, sitting beside the lady, said he was sorry to interrupt, but he was a psychic, and he asked if he could hold the rocks and the paper. The lady recommended we kept the rocks as they were good for me, if not for my son. But the medium provided some more insight. He said there had been something happen on the land the house was built on, connected with an accident. And this man had lost his life. He was very angry. And my son, being young and spiritually aware was in the firing line of his hate. Along with some sage, the medium insisted I take two stones with me. One was very rare and expensive, and he was adamant he would pay for it, but that it was needed to protect my son, especially as he was quite intuitive, and that he would do what he could remotely to send the man away. I did the sage and put the stones up on top of his wardrobe where they remain today. Thankfully, we've had no further incidents, and I daren't ask my son if he still sees the snarl, but I do wonder from time to time if he's truly left us. As a parting note, my son also speaks of his little sister, who often travels with us in the back of the car, who he tells me hasn't arrived yet. He also says that he is the newest to live of all his brothers and sisters. 
What he doesn't know is he is one of five pregnancies. That I lost two babies before him and I've lost two babies after he was born. I've never spoken to him about my other pregnancies. And as for this little sister, well, we'll have to watch this space to see if that comes to fruition. Wow, Laura, thank you so much for being so candid and so honest and so emotionally raw with your true paranormal experiences. And my sincerest of condolences for the babies that you lost. It would appear that this psychic gift that apparently runs through your family is getting stronger with each passing generation. And it's also fascinating how simple phrases pulled from the mind of a child, such as the snarl, are far more terrifying than anything an adult could come up with. But again, thank you so much, Laura, for sending in your true paranormal experience. And do keep us updated on your son's predictions. And so that brings us to the end of episode 6 of season 11. You will want to join us next week, believe me. And until then, for our Patreons, I'll speak to you on Sunday for another instalment of Dark Bites. And for everyone, I'll see you here next Friday for episode 7. And it's one you won't want to miss. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.